Welcome to The Culture Factor, where we talk to founders and influential leaders about company culture. We share stories from the C-suite that help executives engage their business from the inside and create a map to transform their culture. Because the truth is, culture eats strategy for breakfast. This is The Culture Factor, and I'm your host and co-producer, Holly Shannon. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Our journey into company culture has just begun, and we'd like you along for the ride. Today, we sit down with Clint Pulver. As the president and founder of the Center for Employee Retention, Clint has transformed how corporations like Keller Williams, AT&T, and Hewlett-Packard create lasting loyalty through his work and research as the undercover millennial. In this interview, we dig into C-level culture and how COVID-19 is transforming business. Hello, Clint Pulver. Welcome to The Culture Factor. Hey, thanks, Holly. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. So I want to get right into asking you some very important questions because a lot of executives are deep in the weeds with COVID-19 and how their companies run. As a CEO, what are you doing to adapt your team during this time? So we have completely uh, pivoted and uh, strived to innovate during this time. Uh, A lot of what I do now in our organization Uh, is keynote speaking. And so I've done that uh, consistently for the last five years. And obviously the live events industry is completely gone. And so we have had to act uh, extremely fast on how to still provide value and relevant content to uh, the situation that we're all playing within. So we have gone completely virtual. Uh, we have created a uh, full virtual production studio. I've been a professional drummer for a lot of my life as well. And so we have the drums that are mic'd up. Uh, we've got five different cameras. We're in a soundproof studio. We've got monitors, stage lighting, just high level production uh, that still allows us to provide content and value uh, to our clients. So uh, yeah, the, the format of what we were doing is uh, completely different. You know, we we talk about how COVID has intensified business for some companies um, and they've repurposed themselves from, uh, you know, even you hear of car companies that are making ventilators and, you know, clothing distributors and, and designers that are making masks. Some companies have had to pause uh, and, and some areas have been decimated, as we've talked about. A lot of people in the, the event industry and hospitality don't necessarily have the pivot. It's, it's so great that you're able to go virtual. How do you think leaders can keep their tribe together uh, if their business has gotten more intense or they've had to pivot like you have? How do you keep the tribe together? I think there is a huge focus right now on safety. Uh, Are your people safe is one part of it. And then the second part of it is, do they actually feel safe? So are they safe? And then do they feel safe? I, I, it's, it's, it's key right now because everybody's nervous. Everybody is still a time of uncertainty and there is no, uh, what's the new normal. In my opinion, it's what's the new next. And we are consistently changing uh, there was a time that literally every 10 minutes, the world was massively changing. And now we're, you know, week by week, we are seeing 
the next next we're we're seeing what what what's continuing to evolve and so i think as businesses are evolving are evolving and the market is evolving the economy is changing you're you're going to see a higher emphasis on safety in a way that we haven't seen before i shanghai disney they just opened uh, a part of of disneyland in shanghai uh, a month ago and that experience is uh, anybody that's been to Disneyland, right? There, there's a certain experience that they're selling. There's a, an engagement opportunity. There's memories. There's the nostalgia. There's the feelings. But now what they're doing is they are also uh, now selling safety more than ever. Every, every person that walks in Shanghai Disney now has to wear a mask. And every person is also uh, checked for their temperature before they enter the park. And they also have to have a QR code from the government saying that they are not a carrier. Uh, and then they have to wear their mask while they're in the park uh, the whole time unless they're eating. And so what they're doing is they're still providing the service. They're still providing the experience. But they are also making sure that people are safe and that they feel safe. And so I think that's something to really consider right now in business is Okay, are people safe? But am I making sure that they feel safe? And especially when it, then it comes to people, you've got to make sure that they're they're being seen, they're being heard, and they're being understood. Uh, and that all, you know, whether you call that good employee engagement, you call that uh, increasing connection or loyalty, it still revolves around this overarching theme of are we creating safety and allowing our people to feel that regularly. Uh, I had not heard about what was happening at Shanghai Disney, so that's uh, very informative, I'm sure, to uh, many people in the event industry, especially to see how uh, a strong arm like the Disney uh, group is handling that situation. So let me ask you this. So talking about company culture is very important, and and now more than ever, we know that. Addressing it when you are forced into, into transition is a little different. Um, how do you keep the team feeling tethered to the company's mission? Yeah, I think, again, in our research, so we started what was called the Undercover Millennial Program five years ago. And so kind of think of undercover boss uh, without the makeup. I would go uh, into organizations undercover as a millennial, as someone who was looking for a job. Um, over the course of five years, we've worked with over 181 different organizations, and we've gone in undercover and interviewed over 10,000 employees. And that's across the board from, from Gen Z to baby boomers, millennials, and, and uh, Gen Xers. And what we found, especially when it comes to like the mission statement and the core principles of a business, which so many companies focus so much on, is is that about 90, uh, we're like 92, 93% of all employees when asked, what was the mission statement? What was the core values of the company? 92 to 93% of employees could not tell me what that was. So I think there's something to be said for making sure that first off, people value what 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 the team is what the mission of the organization is, uh, but also can they remember it? Can we, can we keep it simple and memorable enough to where that it becomes the forefront of people's minds and that's what affects behavior. So for example, we, one of the things that we've found that great leaders have done to create organizations that people never want to leave is the, the theory around what we call status interviews. 
And I think it really ties in a lot with the situation that we're seeing right now with COVID-19. And, you know, for example, what airlines are, are considering doing and restaurants and what we saw with Shanghai Disney is that they are checking the status of people. Uh, and I think great leaders that influence and that create loyalty that lasts are incredible at checking the status of their people. And that allows them as the leader to create stronger groups, create stronger culture, to create better people. And so the status interview, for me, we call it that. My, my background actually was in the medical field. I spent five years in the operating room as an orthopedic specialist. And one of the words, uh, Holly, that we would use consistently in, in the uh, operating room was the word called status. The nurses would use it. The doctors would refer to it. Give me an update on the status. How's, well, how's the status of the patient? And what they're really asking is what are the vital signs of the person that we're, we're operating on? And every human has vital signs. We, we've got our blood pressure, our heart rate, our respiratory rate, and our body temperature. Those are your four vital signs. If one of those is not working, you're not doing very well as a person. And so the same thing applies when we talk about employee engagement and creating a culture that's strong. All of your people and your employee, your team, your morale, that's the status of your business. And so this is not a one-on-one -on -one interview. This is not a one-on-one -on -one management meeting. The status interview gives you the opportunity to literally check the vitals of your people. And so we've recommended, especially during this time, as we've worked with different leaders and organizations doing keynotes, consultation, workshops, on conducting status interviews one-on-one -on -one with your people. This is not done in a team meeting or a, a Zoom call where there's lots of members on the call, like we're used to kind of right now, which a lot of teams and organizations that are moving remote are doing more of. The status interview is done one-on-one -on -one where a manager or a CEO or a leader would reach out to a key individual on the team and say, hey, I just want to jump on a call. Or if you're in like the hospital medical world or you're in the grocery store industry or you're in distribution, some of this can still be done one-on-one -on -one in person. But whether it's virtual or remote, the concept is still the same. And you would meet with the person and you're literally just taking the opportunity to check their status. And the three questions questions that we recommend uh, revolve around three different topics. Number one is retention. Number two is the problems. And number three is the positives. So the first question that we recommend, and, and again, this is just an overarching question to help give you a few things that, that are going to show you an accurate read on the status of your people. And the first one revolving around retention is the question, what can we do as an organization and what can I do as a manager to keep you here? Now more than ever, we need good people in our organizations. And I know that there's some organizations that are pivoting and having to lay off people and we're furloughing people and we've got to minimize uh, the payroll, our expenses. And then there's other companies that are thriving and they are needing to keep people. There's other organizations that are on pause right now. But, but still, for a business to succeed, and if you have employees, you need to keep the good ones. So I think a, a focus on retention on the employees that you can keep, you need to know as the employer, what can you do to keep them here? And then question number two is what's causing the most stress and concern for you right now? Now more than ever, I think too, we need people and leaders so let's stop focusing on development for a minute. Let's stop focusing on the goals. And let me focus on you as a person. 
let me focus on your health, your morale, your, your ideology. How are you thinking? What's your headspace? Where's your heart? What are your, what are your concerns? What are your stresses? Whether it's with your family, whether it's with the job, listen to them. You cannot solve a problem unless you know what the problem is. Uh, And so I think that there is something to be said for focusing on that with your people. And hopefully you as the leader and the manager, the CEO have created trust and a significant relationship to where that person can open up to you. It gives you the opportunity to become an advocate, not just a developer. And in all of our research, we found that that has created the strongest mentors, not just managers in the workplace. Do you advocate for your people as much as you develop them? Are you willing to block for them? It's the difference between mentorship and management. Uh, I want to connect you to your dreams. I want to make sure that you're okay. I want to make sure that we get you to where you want to go because every employee is asking their leader, let me know when it gets to the part about me. Yes, I know COVID-19 is affecting our business, but let me know when you care about me and my family and my situation. And so the quicker leaders can do that, uh, I think the more relevant and significant they become when it comes to connection and trust. And then the third piece, the third question is, is what's brought you the, the most happiness during this time? What's, in, what's been working? What's increased your morale? What has, has brought you a sense of joy? I think focusing on the problems is an aspect of this situation, but we, can't also, we also can't forget to accentuate the positive, right? Focus on the good, focus on the strengths, focus on what's working, and then take that as the leader and accentuate that. Do more of that. Uh, morale right now and anxiety and depression, I think before long, will become more of the issue than, than the curve, than COVID-19. Because as the curve flattens, there's still a reality and it's called isolation. And a lot of employees are living and breathing that experience every single day right now. And that leads to depression and anxiety, fear. Isolation is never a good thing. And every, every person's in different situations, whether you're now a homeschooling parent and you become a full-time elementary school teacher, um, or you're just living alone. Uh, I, I think we need to know what, what's, what's working, what's bringing a sense of happiness, and do our very best to do more of that. Yes. Uh, you know, Clint, I, I don't disagree with any of this. I think it's really um, important for leaders to understand uh, what their employees need as well. Uh, I, I think probably the only challenge here, and, and maybe you can speak to this, is how is it possible for a much larger organization, you know, a CEO that has thousands of people underneath him, uh, it's a little bit harder to uh, make that one-on-one conversation happen. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm sure you can divide up amongst different um, management, you know, different leaders within your organization. But when you have something that is very large, I think it becomes exponentially harder for CEOs to provide that one-on-one and and check in at that level that you're speaking, I, un- unless you have some other ideas about that uh, from your experience. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. In our, in our uh, research what we've, and what we found is as an organization continues to grow and increase, 
the harder it is to maintain that connection, the harder it is to, to create a stronger culture. It just is, it's more difficult because you have more people and more people is always, it's just harder to manage. But the same thing is true. Just if you were creating, you're trying to create a stronger culture or you're trying to create stronger retention. We cannot forget about the individual and every company is set up differently, but this is where, again, your chain of command and working through your leaders, your management teams, your directors, uh, your HR staff to focus on the one. Every team has a team leader, I would hope. Every, every, every group has a manager, a director. Uh, uh, there's different chains of leadership and steps within the company culture, and that as you lean on those people... And the overarching message, if it's about connection and creating status interviews, and we need to check in on our people and get feedback from our people, listen to our people, make sure everybody's being seen, heard, and understood. And then when that's executed through the chain of command, uh, you create an opportunity for that to survive and be more effective. Uh, And two, it it can happen employee to employee, Uh, but it has to start. I, I do believe it starts with leadership and it starts with that culture from the top down. And that is something that has to just trickle throughout the organization through those chains of command. I actually do think there is power in the peer-to-peer. I do agree that it does need to be top-down, and that's probably where some sort of program needs to initiate. But I do think there is value in the peer-to-peer because I think we'll always go to bat and work harder in a company when we have friends and confidants and you know i'm i'm sure anybody can attest to the fact that you're working on a project and you see you know a, a peer a colleague that's in the weeds and comes to you and and asks for help and if you like each other and there's you've engaged each other in the past and and you enjoy their company you'll go to bat for them you'll jump into the weeds with them and help them finish any project so um, this probably is an opportunity to work on that peer-to-peer relationship if your company culture is strong and you have that and it's hard too Holly like like what I'm kind of proposing is, is not an easy task. Like for a manager to meet with a team of six individually, one-on-one, that's going to take some time. You know, that could literally be six hours of that manager's time that they're spending person to person. But I'm, I'm telling you, it matters. It matters to, to your people, especially right now. Uh, and so look at it as an investment. Look at it as just good business. Right, we've got to bring humanity into the workplace, whether it's virtually, remote, in person. It's got to be there. It needs to stay consistent. We are we are human beings, and we have vitals that we need. We need checked, and if those vitals are not taken care of, then we will go and we will find somebody else that will take care of those vitals. So check them. Take the time. It's worth it. Yes, it does. Uh, it does take more time to do that. But that, that's what you do. If you're a leader, if you're a manager, if you're a CEO, you are in the business of people. You are, you are in the business of connection. And if that is something you do not want to take the time to do, uh, then, then when the connection doesn't happen and retention is low and morale isn't happening, pr- production isn't increasing, effectiveness isn't happening, uh, everybody's asking you the question, let me know when it gets to the part about me. So take the time to get to the part about them and that creates an empowered workforce. And empowered workforces always increase greater productivity. 
And so don't forget to get to the part about that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I do have one last question, but before I get to that, uh, I do want to mention that Clint Pulver has a book coming out next year. Is that still on target for 2021? It is. And it's called I Love It Here? Yeah, it's called I Love It Here, How Great Leaders Create Organizations Their People Never Want to Leave. And it's based off of all of the research that we have conducted over the last five years undercover on how great leaders were creating loyalty that lasted. Excellent. And and now that we're in the middle of COVID, you have a probably a new chapter that you could work on this year of uh, how a pandemic affects that, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, we're working on a brand new chapter and it, it all revolves around safety and bracing for impact and and how, how leaders can manage uh, the chaos during times of crisis. Excellent. Uh, so uh, we will post uh, Clint's website uh, in the show notes. We will ask that you subscribe, rate, and review to The Culture Factor. And lastly, my last question that I'd like to prevent, present to uh, Clint. So if you have a good company culture and you can implement your step one, two, and three to uh, enhance the way it's run and to give the employees a sense of safety and being heard. This might be an, an odd time, but do you think it's an opportunity for companies to shift if their company culture was flailing before COVID? Do you think this is a chance that they could maybe rebuild uh, what wasn't working and create something maybe special from that? Absolutely. Trial, struggle, challenge, frustration, hardship, and, and even stress can always be turned into opportunity. Uh, we've seen it many times in just workshops that we've done is we, we bring a, pr- a group of people together to work through a difficult situation, a difficult time, and that always bonds and brings people together. There's something about adversity and challenge and that when people rally together, that they come out stronger because of that. And so I think that the better we get right now at seeing the opportunities, not the problems, and then we focus on collaboration and coming together during this time of adversity, we're going to come out stronger because of this. I don't think there will be a time where we go back and kind of say, man, do you remember business as usual? It'll be look at what we've created for for the for the for the new future. For well, again, what is uh, what is the new next? Mm. And I think uh, this opportunity is really, uh, I don't know, I have to be careful saying this is an opportunity, but this challenge, this this time is creating opportunities if you look for them. And I think there's going to be many organizations that will come out stronger and uh, with a better culture because of this. Yeah, I think it's an opportunity to revisit um, how you do business and how you communicate with your employees. I think it is an opportunity, although it could be a challenge to maybe crowdsource with your employees and and look to them in a different a different way. How do we engage the market with our product or our service now going through this pandemic? you know it's, it's this sort of levels the playing field it's it's almost, you know, we're all in it together 
and we've never been in anything like this before. It might just be an interesting opportunity for companies and, and maybe not the larger scale ones, but maybe smaller ones. Um, it might be the opportunity to, to make that happen. Yes, so. absolutely. Yep. I agree 100%. Excellent. Thank you, Clint. This was really great. I think that um, there'll be a lot of companies, a lot of executives that will have a lot of value in this conversation, what you have to say. So thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. I want to thank our listeners for joining The Culture Factor and ask that you subscribe, rate, and consider leaving a review. We'd love to hear who you'd like to listen to next. And a thank you to our sponsor, Company Tribes. They have an app and a virtual experience to help keep your tribe together during difficult times like now and business as usual. How strong is your company culture? Reach out to Paul at companytribes.com. I want to thank our listeners for joining The Culture Factor and ask that you subscribe, rate, and consider leaving a review. We'd love to hear who you'd like to listen to next. And a thank you to our sponsor, Company Tribes. They have an app and a virtual experience to help keep your tribe together during difficult times like now and business as usual. How strong is your company culture? Reach out to paul at companytribes.com.